I'd like to welcome everyone who's joining us for our live stream. Uh, this is just one part of our service here at City Temple. So if you'd like to join the whole thing via Zoom, drop us an email, uh, or you can just come down and worship with us at City Temple each Sunday at 11 a.m. Uh, today, we have uh, Gisela Ravello here bringing us the word. And so let's welcome Gisela. Okay. Good morning, church. Good morning to the people that are watching us online or will watch this video later on. Um, Today, I, I'm going to continue with Pastor Rod's series, Emmanuel, is God really with us? And so he already talked about hope and love, so I thought the best thing to talk about was peace. So we'll be reading first Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, and it says, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from henceforth, even forever. The seal of Jehovah of hosts will perform this. And then also in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and 4, it says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And finally, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 and 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Jesus Christ. Amen. Shall we just praise and commend God this um, preaching? Heavenly Father, we come to you freely and with thanksgiving, Lord. We are grateful that you have brought us this far. We are grateful for your love, for your kindness, Lord. Thank you, Father, because you have brought us to this place today, because you have something to speak to our hearts, because you want to transmit your love, because you want us to understand that in the midst of chaos, we can find peace. Father, thank you because you are really with us. Emmanuel is with us, Lord, and we are grateful, Lord, that you have chosen to dwell with us, to save us, to change us, to give us life and life in abundance. I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you will speak into our spirits, into our hearts, the words that we need, how we need to hear it and that you continue to do your mighty work in our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Now, I just wanted to start with a song that, that came to my mind. Um, it's, um, I just tell you the lyrics, because it's, it's um, a very special song in my heart. It says, it's uh, by Paul Oakley, and the song is called Because of You. Uh, there is a place where the streets shine with the glory of the Lamb. 
there is a way we can go there. We can live there beyond time because of you, because of your love, because of your blood. No more pain, no more sadness, no more suffering, no more tears, no more sin, no more sickness, no injustice, no more death. Because of you, because of your love, because of your blood, all our sins are washed away and we can live forever. Now we have this hope because of you and we'll see you face to face and we will dance together in the city of our God because of you. There is joy everlasting, there is gladness, there is peace, there is wine ever flowing, there's a wedding, there is a feast. The first time I ever heard this song, and, and I think that's why it's, it's a happy song, it's a clappy song, and actually when I was reading the lyrics, I wish I could sing it for you, but I'm not gonna do that to you, don't worry. <laughs> um, I actually heard this song in a funeral. Someone's daughter passed away. She was very young and they sang that song. And it was such a powerful song because it talks about, you know, what the place that we are hoping to go, the place that, you know, really there will be no sadness, but all of it, it's because of Jesus. And this morning, I just want to remind you when we talk about Emmanuel, it's God really with us. It's because of Jesus, what he did on that cross for us, that we receive all of these blessings, we receive salvation, we receive his, God's goodness, we receive God's forgiveness. There's nothing, I think there's nothing more powerful, you know, from salvation, when you really understand your salvation, when you really understand that God is the only one that can, that has the power to forgive your sins and to feel that guilt or to feel that weightness that sometimes we carry that is taken away from us. There's nothing, for me, there's nothing more powerful than that. And all of that, it's because of God. And so, you know, for the past two weeks, we've heard from Pastor Rod, you know, it's, it's Emmanuel, it's, it's, God, it's, it's God really with us. And we saw love, we saw grace, and hopefully this week we'll be able to see how through peace, we can see God working in our lives. One of the, the things when I read this text in Isaiah, in chapter 9, was that, you know, one of the names of, of God is Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And if he is the Prince of Peace, he's the one that gives us that peace. That is, it's not the peace that the world gives. Because, you know, sometimes we think we're at peace because there is no wars. We're at peace because everything's stable. We have a stable economy. You know, everything seems okay. So we are in, in peaceful times. But that is you know, that is affected by our circumstances. The peace that God gives us, it, it goes further, it goes beyond our circumstances because we can have peace in the middle of the storm. We can have peace in the middle of trials. We can have peace in the middle of difficulties. And that is the real peace. In, in the text of Isaiah, it tells us that God is giving us a promise, the promise of peace that a child indeed has been born and through him we have that salvation and those wonderful promises and you know we can call him call on those promises he is called wonderful he's called counselor he's called mighty god he's called the everlasting father the prince of peace and i think it's during difficult times that we can actually um 
understand, or maybe when we actually do understand how important you know, those names, those qualities that God has, it's important for our lives, and we can get hold of those things. In Isaiah uh, chapter 26 and verses 3 and 4, it says, You keep him, God, God keeps him perfect peace, whose mind is a state on you, because he trusts in you, trusts in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Uh, everlasting rock. You know, um, I think when we, when we walk in this Christian life, it's so easy, or even if you're not Christian, you know, it's so easy to be happy or to, you know, to enjoy your life when everything's okay. And when we're Christian, our faith is really important. And it's easy to have faith when everything is going your way. It's easy to, to trust and to believe that God is good, you know, when there's no difficulties. You have a stable job, you have a lovely family, you know, health, everything is good. There is, you know, you feel, God, you really are good to me. Thank you, God. You really love me because everything seems okay. But I think our faith is tested the moments that maybe we are facing difficulties, maybe financially, maybe at home with the family, maybe at work with our bosses, you know, uh, just maybe anything that could, maybe in our health sometimes as well. And then our faith is tested. Can we really say that God is still good? I know we say it. I know we say it, but do you really know it? Do you really have that conviction in your heart that even though you're going through difficult times, you can still remain with God's peace, knowing that these two will pass? And, and that's when our faith has been tested. That's when we, our beliefs are tested. And I think it's in the same way when, you know, when we're going through difficulties that maybe our peace is also tested. You know, when you're, um, when, when you have, again, everything seems good, you know, steady income, uh, family okay, no difficulties, nothing, nothing going on, uh, going wrong around you, then you're, you know, you're at peace. Because let's face it, peace, there is something about calmness, about stillness, about, you know, just everything seems to be good that brings peace to our heart. You know, your kids to be okay, you know, things to be going all right at work, at home, you know, wherever you go, that people maybe co even compliment you about things that you do or, or the way that you do things. You know, all of those things do bring a sense of peace to us. But what about, you know, when the job offer didn't go through, when the business deal did not close, or when you receive bad news? And I, I would even say, as, as City Temple members, you know, these things that have been happening over and over, and it feels like, yes, it's finally going through, and then, you know, not yet, and then not yet. And you feel like, you know, there's been times when I, I, I know I pray to God, and I said, God, what's really going on? Show us, you know, what are we supposed to be doing? What is, what is going wrong? What do we need to do? And I think sometimes God just wants us to, even in, this, in the storm, just have peace and know and trust that he is God and know and trust that he has control even when everything seems chaotic. You know, it, it comes to my mind, the, the, the story when Jesus is going in, in the Lake of Galilee with his disciples and then he says that there was a storm that, that, that they were so scared, the disciples were so scared. Jesus was sleeping. The, the disciples were so scared that they 
kind of woke him up and said, Lord, Lord, we're going to die. Do something about it. They were really concerned. I mean, for someone to feel that they're going to die, and I guess in the sea, maybe, you know, it must have been really, really difficult how they, you know, what they saw. And um, Jesus woke up. He was at peace. He knew, and, and at many times he knew that his hour had not come yet. So he was at peace. Are we certain? Do we know? You know, what is that God wants to do in our lives that we can have peace all the time? That we know that even though this looks serious and it is serious, still I can have God's peace because it is not my hour yet. You know, God indeed is with us. Even though our physical eyes might not see him, even though our hands might not physically touch him, he has promised to be with us. Even if our father and mother forsake us, he will never forsake us. That's what Psalm 27, 10 says. It's, and I like the end of that Psalm in the NLTV translation because it says, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. I really, when I was reading this text, I really liked that last part. The Lord will hold me close. And it's not something that we can actually physically feel. But it is something that we know in our spirits when the Lord is really holding us close. That we know that this promise can bring peace to our heart when we know that the Lord will hold me close. You know, I don't know what you're going through in this time, what difficulties you're facing, because we all experience difficulties. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people are tough. Some people are tougher than others, you know, in terms of facing different circumstances. And it doesn't matter, you know, what level of toughness you are. We still all experience difficulties. We, st we still all experience um, situations that make us worry, that might try to steal our peace. But remember this. God said, peace, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In jo John chapter 14, verse 27. The worldly peace is variable. You know, the, the, worldly, peace, uh, the worldly peace depends on, on our circumstances. But God's peace is dependent on one person only, on Jesus. So his peace never changes. We might change and we might constantly need to be looking up for God so that we can have that peace. But his peace is, is stable, stays there. So I want to just share a few, like three things that we can do or three ways in which we can learn to practice God's, God's peace in our lives. Philippians, number one, practice prayer to receive peace. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 and 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Now, this text, it just makes me think, you know, how can we experience peace when our eyes see so many difficulties? When, you know, the things that we hear, you know, this week in the news, there's been so many terrible news. You know, you hear about child cruelty, and you see children who are defenseless 
been damaged by their own parents and it just breaks your heart. It just, you know, some, sometimes, you know, those news I have to listen maybe once and not more because it just really breaks your heart more than anything, not just what happened to those children because there's, there's nothing you can now do to change their circumstances, but it also makes you, well, it makes me angry. It makes me upset. It, it makes me even feel like I have no power to change their lives because their lives are no longer here. Obviously, we can do something else, but I, what I do is I bring this thing in prayer. And really, prayer does change your perspective because you can either end up bitter and angry and upset and resentful, or you can learn to forgive, even, you know, forgiving people that really didn't do anything to me, but, you know, forgiving them because of the things they've done to defenseless people, to defenseless children. And as a parent, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. So we can, you know, through prayer, we can focus on God's peace. Through prayer, our prayers should also be accompanied by thankfulness, you know, to be grateful for the things that you do have. Because sometimes we just look at the things that we don't have. You know, I wish I would have this and this and this and this. I, I remember um, I came to the UK when I was 13 years old and obviously I didn't speak any English. In fact, I think when I was in, in I did my first year of secondary school in, in Ecuador. And I remember that I always thought English was a difficult language, so I chose French which was not good when I came to England. Uh, uh, but I remember, you know, at 13 years old, you know, listening to everyone talk, talk in English, and I couldn't say a, a word. And, and um, there was these sometimes feelings in, in my heart, which weren't right. Like, uh, you know, I would see like an elderly lady, you know, talking fluently in English. Obviously, I didn't understand a word. And I would, I would, say, I would envy, you know, the way she talked, because I wanted to talk. And I was thinking, I wish I could, you know, swap, swap her knowledge into mine because, you know, she already knows everything and I still have to learn. But, you know, th there are some things that no matter how much you wish, you have to go through them in order to value them, but in order also to, to understand and, and to learn things. There's no way that you can change. But actually, I did learn one thing because when I was in school, obviously I didn't speak the language and... Um, I don't know if they do the same now, but when I was in school, they, always, they would always give us pieces of paper about the lesson, you know, whether it was history, English, or, or geography, whatever it was. And so, you know, they would put questions in the board and then you had to answer. And obviously, the, the answers were on the piece of paper that they gave you. So even though I didn't understand what was going on, the only thing I ended up doing in all the lessons was just rewriting everything I, I received on that piece of paper. So just rewriting everything not understanding a word, not understanding anything, but just rewriting anything on the board. I would just rewrite it on my book. And it became really handy afterwards when, uh, when I began to, I was quite shy in school, so I didn't want to say anything. And I had my cousin who's almost the same age as me and we were in the same class. So she was practically my translator as well. So I didn't feel the need to actually push myself to speak English anyway. But then I remember there was a friend that came uh, um, Spanish girl, and she was in the school maybe a month and a half. Uh, like, I was already in the school for three months, and then she came, and after a month and a half that she came, she was already speaking to everyone in English, and I had been in the school like for four months, and I was still using my translator. So I was thinking, okay, something's not right here. 
she's only been here a month and, and a half and she's already speaking with everyone and I've been here like over four months and I still haven't said a word. So that kind of gave me a push to, you know, to, to speak it. And then I realized when I began to speak and write now, you know, from my own thoughts that I was able to write everything, even the spellings and even the way, the grammar, because of all the rewriting that I had done in my mind that I never thought, you know, was important, but it actually became handy. So this is a, a hint for anyone who wants to learn another language <laughs> in, my, in my preaching. <laughs> so number two, trust in God, lean on him. I like what Isaiah 26 verse 3 and 4 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Now, this is something that I, I, I really like this text because sometimes our, our thoughts is what worries worry us, worry us even more than the actual circumstances. So let's say you receive a text today after church or maybe in the middle of the service from your boss saying, uh, first thing tomorrow morning, come into my office. I need to talk to you. Immediately, your mind is going to go, what did I do on Friday? What did I do last week? Wh what's wrong? Why, why does he or she want to talk to me? There must be something that happened. Does she want to lay me off? What is going on? What's, what, what's, what's going to happen? You know, your mind begins to think all of these negative things. You know, nothing positive. You don't think, oh, I might get a raise on Monday. I'm actually looking forward to tomorrow going to work because I might get a raise. Or maybe she's going to tell me that, you know, they found a better job for me, so they, they want to move me somewhere else. Those are not the type of things that come into our mind. Our mind tends to think on, on the negative things. Tends to, some people overthink other things, you know. Um, so it's so important that our mind, that we do not let our mind wander off, you know, thinking things that really are not there or overthinking on things. And, and, and here it tells us that to keep in perfect peace, we must focus on God. Our mind is a battleground, and we must be aware that our thoughts can either get us close to God or, and His peace or further away from Him and His peace. And the word that he, uh, he uses here is that word shalom. And actually, in the Hebrew, it uses like shalom, shalom, like double peace. Which, you know, shalom, we, I don't know if you heard many messages just about shalom. You can hear loads of messages. But I just read, took out all the words of that shalom in the, in the Hebrew. And so that shalom means safe, well, happy, friendly, welfare, health, prosperity, peace. This is all the different meanings of that word shalom. And that is what, what God wants for us. He wants us to be at peace. And it's, it's really something that we need to learn to practice. We need to learn to practice that peace. To have peace in our heart, we need to put it into practice because it's really hard to have peace when difficulties are going on around us. It's really hard to be at peace when, you know, the bank account is not enough for all the direct debits that are coming out at the end of the month or at the beginning of the month. It's really hard to be at peace when there are difficulties that no matter what you do, you cannot change. It's really hard to be at peace when you, know, when you are doing everything that you're supposed to do, but still the, the circumstances around you are just not going your way. But that's why we trust and our thoughts are kept in God. 
in, in him, and he is our everlasting rock. The everlasting rock here is in the sense that we can rest on him. You know, Jesus is the is strong rock. We can rest in him. We can, you know, um, maybe the best way to understand this is, have you seen, you know, when you see a cliff, some of the cliffs, you know, the, 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 the dirt or the earth, it's unstable. You know, some, some, in some cliffs, you know, there's a, a um, what do you call it, the things that they tell you do not go over this edge because it's, it's dangerous, you know, it can drop and stuff. But God is a steady rock. He doesn't change. He doesn't move. We do. You know, our emotions can go up and down depending on our circumstances, but he does not change. He remains the same. And when we understand that, we can stand firm knowing that, you know, even though, uh, like the psalmist said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Now, we do fear. We do, you know, we can even tremble inside of us. Outside, we have to be strong knowing that we can trust God that he will stay and remain firm for us. And the last thing, the third thing, focus your thoughts on Jesus. In, in, in the book of um, Philippians, in verse 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable or reverent, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable or gracious, if there is an excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Again, we need to practice, we need to learn, but we need to think on on all, you know, the word says, think positive, think positive, think positive. I wouldn't just say think positive. Think on anything that is true. Think on what's honorable. Think on what is just. Think on whatever is pure. Think on things that are lovely or commendable. But if you really think about who is this person that we need to think about, it's Jesus. Because we all have these feelings inside of us. Sometimes of or, or being selfish, sometimes of being envious, sometimes of being angry, sometimes feelings that we don't even understand ourselves. Why do I feel this way about this person? Or why do I feel this way about this situation? You know, or why don't I get what they get? You know, the envy. It's so hard. It's so difficult. But then we need to think on anything that's pure, on anything that's true, on anything that's honest. Our mind needs to think of God, you know, Bible verses are great things to think about because if you keep on filling your mind with things that are, are horrible, with things that are maybe bring more anger into your heart, you know, it's, it's not a good thing. Matthew, and, and then we've, we've also been called to be peacemakers. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And I think you and I have been called to be a peacemaker. You and I have been called to be the children of God. And just because we are God's children, we are peacemakers wherever we go. We are. Wherever we go, we bring God's peace into that place. I think it's like a supernatural force that follows you without us even knowing. And if you think about it, 
even where you, where you live, where you work, you change the atmosphere of that place just because you are there. Not because of you as a person, but because of who lives in you. Because of Christ Jesus who lives in you. If he lives in you, you will change that place. And even though it might be difficulties around you, your presence will bring God's presence with you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15 says, And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be, and be thankful. Brothers and sisters, this is the time, I think, of the year where everyone wants to be together. Christmas kind of has that you know, um, sense of, you know, family should be together, people should be together, you know, we want everyone to be together. And I think it's a perfect time to remember that all of the things that we do is because of one person, and his name is Jesus. And he can bring peace, peace that no one else can give us. I mean, someone can give you a million pounds, you can win the lottery, you can win a, a, a huge prize, and that might bring happiness for a while. You know, I mean, happiness in the sense that, you know, you feel secure, you feel, okay, I can pay my debts and, you know, maybe I can give gifts to people. But money really doesn't bring happiness. It might make you comfortable, but true happiness, true peace, true, true peace, that what the actual meaning of the word peace means can only be found in Jesus. To have your conscience at peace, to have your conscience clear, to have to know that there is no secrets that someone can show to the world because Jesus already paid for all of those things on the cross. There is no price on that. There really isn't. And when you really have that encounter with Jesus, you know, the counselor, the prince of peace, something changes inside of you and it really transforms you into, into, into a different person into a follower of Christ because you know what he's done for you. So I just want to encourage you in this time, remember love, hope, and peace. God really is with us because we can have love, hope, and peace through Christ. Shall we just pray and just ask the Lord to speak into our hearts this week and to help us to be peacemakers. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for your precious word. I am so grateful, Lord, for the way in which you show us that you are with us, for the manifestation of your love, the manifestation of your kindness, the manifestation of your peace here on earth, Lord. Even though there are wars now, even though there are difficulties and famines and just horrible things happening in the world, Lord, there is still inside of us lord that sense that there is peace that there is stillness that there is righteousness that there is love that there is hope because of you jesus we want to lift up your name on high in this place we want to lift up the name of jesus in this place and we ask you today to give us and grant us that gift of salvation that we need to be at peace with you most importantly with you cleanse us cleanse our mind cleanse our thoughts help us to be more christ-like and help us during this christmas time during these gatherings with family and friends to be peacemakers wherever we are 
forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of the things that sometimes we say that are not right. We ask you to cleanse us, but we ask you today to wash away our sins and to give us that gift of your Holy Spirit to change us and transform us so that we can be peacemakers wherever we go. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.